Greetings to all of you, those of you who are online. We're really crowded today. I think every seat in the house is taken. No, we're under the gathering limit, just in case you're wondering. The late uh, Paul Harvey, some of you probably have heard of Paul Harvey. He is a nationally known newscaster and nationally known uh, journalist who once said in times like these, it helps to recall that there have always been times like these. So this is just another way of saying what the preacher said in the book of Ecclesiastes, that the thing that hath been, it is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done, and there is no new thing under the sun. We'll find that over in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and verse 9. But again in chapter 3 there in Ecclesiastes in verse 15 he said, That which has been is now, and that which is to be hath already be, been, and God requires that which is past. So as you look at these, uh, these sayings, sometimes you may scratch your head and wonder what it's all about. Uh, how things are taking place that correspond to things that have taken place long ago. But we see from the book of Ecclesiastes that everything has its season. Everything in its own time. Good times, bad times, they come and go and they will come again. So to everything there is a season. Today... We live in what many see as unprecedented times with this COVID-19 virus. I wish I had about $5 every time I've heard the word corona, <laughs> coronavirus. I'd probably be rich today. But, you know, it is something that is as widespread in, on the news as it is in the air. But really no need for me to detail or rehash this subject because the daily news does that for us and it's starting in a way to make my head spin a little bit as figures and statistics and reasons and so on and so forth change. But in the book of John chapter uh, 9 4 the, uh, Jesus said I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day the night comes when no man can work. So as unprecedented times, at least to uh, this generation, this generation of millennials and, and some uh, baby boomers, things happen that can affect all of us and we find ourselves in times of trouble, in times of trial. Schools, businesses, uh, parks, uh, stores, everything is seems to be closed, jobs lost, and people staying in and avoiding this COVID-19 thing, and also keeping social distance. So when we hear about the, this happening, it's really, in a way, nothing new. History books show that there have been plagues and pandemics in the past which have taken a great toll on life and drastically affected the everyday lives of people. Black death, uh, bubonic plague, uh, Spanish flu, uh, 
polio, Ebola, and so on. But what all these epidemics have in common is that they are diseases that have made people very sick and have taken the lives of many and who knows what the next health crisis might be or when. And we learn from these. We learn from these trials, these troubles. Uh, but we read over in First uh, Peter 4 and in verse 12 it says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. So there are trials that will come along that will try us as though some strange thing happened to you. That which is, is that which was, and which shall be, perhaps in a different form, perhaps in a different intensity, but it'll come along, whatever it might be. But like wars and like earthquakes, they, they come and go. But the end, like it says in Scripture, the end is not yet. I want to turn to Matthew chapter 24. It says there in verse 6, And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. But see that you be not troubled. You know, we're troubled by this unseen enemy that is called the unseen enemy. This, you don't see it, but it is just as deadly as any bomb or, or a bullet or missile. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. The end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines, and pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse places. And in verse 8, all these are the beginning of sorrows. These are only the beginning of sorrows. And you can read on and see what else is going to transpire at that time. So there is very legitimate concern about this COVID-19 virus. And we need to be ready if there's to come another wave that is just on the horizon that some people are talking talking about. In Psalm 73, there is Asaph. He's a musical director under King David. And he wrote uh, these words saying in verse 28, again in verse, just read down, uh, start there in verse 28. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord that I may declare uh, all thy works. So in Psalm 73, let me read the, didn't read the first two verses preceding that. He said, my flesh and my heart fails, but God is my strength, the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. You have destroyed all of them that go a-whoring from thee. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord that I may declare all thy works. So it's good to draw near to God. And the title of this sermon, of course, is, is uh, In Times Like These. In times like these, we need to be near to God. We need to be close 
to God. But like other times of global or national emergencies, for example, you know, 9-11, maybe Pearl Harbor, uh, and, or maybe the Great Depression, uh, people become concerned, they become anxious because of what's taking place uh, around them. That's affecting more than just a, a few people, but affecting a, a, a pop population of people. There are many who are isolated, many who are dealing with sicknesses right now, with loss of loved ones especially. And what is it good for us to do amid this, this uh, COVID-19 epidemic or any trial that may come along? So these things, global or national emergencies, things that are pressing in, in our nation and in our communities and in our cities and places where people work, uh, events like these do cause many to turn to God. If you recall 9-11, how many began to go and uh, started going back to church, started wondering about whether or not this was the end, but that's been years ago. So this present trouble, however, we can look, uh, look at as a wake-up call, a wake-up call that is a, a call to action, to see where we stand, to see where our faith is, to see what we can be doing. So today, many have been surprised or taken aback by this, this virus, this pandemic. And some saw it coming. And some still weren't sure or ready to quite deal with it. But here we are, this afternoon, doing something that would have been hard to do uh, without uh, the video and, and uh, audio that we have here. So... Today's message will be helpful, I hope, in some way. And those of you who are online, looking, listening, uh, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. In John chapter 16, uh, 33, uh, now, times like these are trying for many. And we can always re uh, remember the scripture where it says, you know, that uh, the captain and author of our faith is Jesus Christ and he said to us fear not little flock for I'm with you and that it is his pleasure to give us the kingdom so in John 16:33, there are words that Jesus spoke to his disciples words that are in this holy bible the book and these things have I spoken unto you that in me that is in Christ. You might have peace. But in the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So Jesus knows. He understands what we need. He sees things that are happening in this world. All around the globe. And he knows what our desires and our needs are. And he says in Psalm 95... He says that we're not to be afraid because we are under his, under his care. A lot of people, of course, who are in hospitals around the world, who are in the care of people who care, trying to get them well again. In Psalm 95, it says, Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. 
You know, that rock was Jesus Christ. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms, with singing. So when we come into the presence of the Lord, we come with thanksgiving. And we do that oftentimes in prayer or when we come to church or whenever we are either merry or feeling sad. We know that we can make a joyful noise unto him when we are happy. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his and he made it and his hands form the dry land. So if there's ever a doubt whether or not the Lord is listening or whether he can extend his hand to help, you look around and see all of these things that he has made for our enjoyment, for helping us to see that there is a God who does hear and understands. Verse 6, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand today, if you will hear his voice. Harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. There are a lot of things that can come, come into our lives that can harden our heart. That can, cause us, that can cause temptation to where we begin to doubt or we begin to complain. And do things that are opposite the way of how Jesus would like for us to react. But as he said, be of good cheer. Now, it is hard to have cheer in the face of danger and adversity. It is hard to have cheer when loved ones are sick. It is hard to have cheer when there are just all kinds of concerns and worries going about in the world. But we are, it says, as some people use the expression, we are to have a stiff upper lip. I tried having a stiff upper lip and a Kind of hard to do, but it's just, you're biting the lower lip, and I guess you're putting the pain somewhere else. But having a stiff upper lip means just having uncomplaining stoicism, courage, and self-restraint in the face of adversity and difficult times. So as we see people losing jobs, stiff upper lip, is an expression that some will use or, or keep your chin up. All of those things that remind us that we, in times of trouble and trial, that we need to have uh, a, a stoicism. But Christ, we know from reading the Psalms that he is our rock, he is our refuge, he is a shelter uh, in the storm in times like these. Now some say uh, this will get worse before it gets better. But it could be just as well gone by Passover time. Meantime, however, people have to cope with the anxiety, the worry, the, the loss of loved ones in, in many cases. In Philippians chapter 4, and in verse 4, the Apostle Paul said, Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, and I will say again, rejoice. He repeats it twice. 
And this is a call to rejoice at all times, under all conditions, and it's a call to faith, to have faith in his word, in his direction. Because we know from uh, another scripture that says that all things work to good for them that love, that love God. But we need to draw close to God that we may be ready. We need to be close to God or, and be ready in case there is another adversity that befalls us. Catches us by surprise. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. Beginning in verse uh, 15. It says, see then that you walk circumspectly. Walk circumspectly. Carefully. And you know, we're doing that. Not only because it's physically good for us. But also because it is spiritually good for us. Not as fools, but as wise. You know, some people are making fun of this time. They're mocking all of these things that are happening. Not believing in it. The reality is, is that it is happening. Verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein is access, excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Showing that we are in a positive mood by speaking to ourselves. Which, you know, you've heard people talk to themselves. And uh, sometimes my, my wife will say something and, and I think she's talking to me. But she said, oh, I'm talking to myself. So, you know, we encourage ourselves. Sometimes just speaking out, say, I can do this. That's the way some people are. I can do this piece of cake, things that will encourage them, but they are speaking and singing and making melody in their heart to the Lord. Uh, last week, I think it was, in, the pres- in his president's speech last week, he spoke of the seriousness of this COVID-19. He, and he said, uh, matter of factually, People will die. But he gave the hope that his aim is to see that a maximum number of people live. And that's something that we all hope. We, uh, we thought, we hope this thing will run its course. But we have to deal with it for right now. Presently, it still remains to see if there is an effective remedy or, or vaccine that's, that will take care of this disease that's affecting many around the world, but we always hear of these cities that are becoming hot spots, rising up. Unfortunately, we know that there are some who think and preach that it is the end of the world or the end of the age. And we know from uh, other uh, scriptures in the Bible that a lot of other events must take place that will have to come along to uh, wake us up and, and be ready. In Luke chapter 21. In verse 8. Jesus said. 
Take heed that you be not deceived. For many shall come in my name saying I am Christ. And the time draws near. Go ye not therefore after them. The time coming when this uh, time when uh, many are going to be deceived by those who are saying I am Christ. They're going to sound uh, legitimate but and some will fall for their, uh, for their uh, beliefs. So we know from then until now. Prophets have risen. False prophets have risen. Saying the end is near. But he's saying don't get caught up in it. Have to walk carefully. Circumspectly. In verse 9. And when you shall hear of wars and commotions. Be not terrified. For these things must first come to pass. But the end is not by and by. So it will be a scary time. But the end is not yet. War and strife has been going on. Since the beginning of time. Then said he unto them. Nation shall rise against nation. And kingdom against kingdom. Great earthquakes shall be in different places. And famines. And pestilences. And fearful sights and great signs. Shall there be from heaven. But before all these, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. And it shall turn to you for a testimony. So we see these things must happen first. Verse 19, in your patience, go down to verse 19, in your patience possess you your souls. And... We know that at this time of year, we come across uh, this directive. Examine yourself in 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Examine yourselves, it says, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. So this self-examination is to assure, assure ourselves as to whether or not we are true believers walking in the footsteps of Jesus and understanding the, the sacrifice that Jesus made for us and what he expects of us and that we are in him and he in us. So we're to have composure in, in, when we have patience. We're, we're to have composure, have control over our attitudes and the way we feel about things and just be in charge of our spirit and not let impatience cause us to, to be reckless or, or that we end up you know, doing something in the wrong because in your patience possess you your souls. So how deep is our patience? You remember the night of his betrayal Jesus told his disciples that to watch and pray? Why? Why did he tell them that? Matthew 26, 41, he's, uh, Jesus said, Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So when you enter into some sort of temptation or some trial, there is the tendency to just take it in a mean way, in a mean-spirited way, 
and forget that we have Jesus in us and that we can rely on him. In Luke 21, 34, 21, 34, take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting. That's, you know, just consuming too much or, you know, or, uh, gorging or overdoing something in, in life. Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life. So that day come upon you unawares. That is, it comes upon you unexpected and by surprise. Luke 21, 35. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. And so we see that this, this virus is, is affecting the entire uh, earth. People around the globe are being affected by it. And who knows what kind of temptations they are facing, whether to give up or to blame God and maybe just don't even draw near to God like they should. Luke 21, 36, again, watch ye therefore. And it says, pray always. Pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So to watch and pray is important. Not only in times like these, but, but all the time. You remember the words that says, be constant in prayer. Don't give it up. Don't let it go. But draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. And that's the way we get close to the Lord. So in this time of health crisis, we are vulnerable to what is called this unseen enemy. It's in the air, it's on surfaces, it's on clothes, it's on our hands. And so we keep a, a social distance, avoiding possible contact with this unseen enemy. We also know and we can be very thankful that there are doctors and nurses who are on the front line of uh, tending to those who are sick and who may be in risk themselves because a lot of they don't have all the uh, medical items and things that they need to uh, protect themselves so they can safely care for people that might be infected by this this virus visitors are banished from the hospitals sometimes it's just one uh, fam family member and elsewhere we see people who are isolating themselves in their own homes because this virus is so easily spread. So we're told to practice social distancing. But while we do this social distancing, we need to be sure that we are not spiritually distanced from God. Instead, more than ever, we need to draw near to God. But when it all came upon us, some may have said, uh-oh, I haven't been praying like I should. And I hope God will still hear me. And I hope it's not too late to get down on my knees. And ask God for his mercy. And for his loving kindness. And for his direction. And his forgiveness. But it is. It was a wake up call. That should make us always be prepared. So in 11 days. You know we, we have the Passover. Days of 11 bread are coming. And today it would be a good time. On this Sabbath, drawing ever more near 
to the Lord Jesus Christ and to God the Father. Because who knows what else time has in store. So when we have trials and are tempted, we find out where we stand and where we are in relationship to our Lord. So we are to judge ourselves, examine ourselves, see if we are living in faith and that the mind of Jesus is in us. But we can expect that it will come up short because no matter how righteous we may think we are, we're going to come up short because all have sinned. But the encouraging point is Jesus gave his life for us and we can return to him and the Passover is a great reminder of, of where we are in re our relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ. But let a man examine himself and so let him eat of the bread and drink of that cup. Jesus was the word of life. He gave his life that we might have forgiveness and we, that we might have redemption. Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith, prove your own selves. In James chapter 4, 8, in times like these, James 4, 8, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Now the second part says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So, we know what this means, that they are some things that, will help us draw even nearer to God. But who is James addressing uh, this message to? James chapter 1. We see that he is addressing primarily the Israelites, the brethren there. He said in James chapter 1, verse 1 through 3, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren... Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, various trials, and so on. But how count it joy by knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience, which is, uh, which is a product, a virtue that God is looking for in us. We know Christians that we all were begotten by the word of God, the word of truth, that many in this this age you're skeptical, skeptical of. And many mock his word. So these 12 tribes. James saw they were experiencing various trials that needed to be overcome. That needed uh, to be made aware of. So there was a need for them to examine themselves too. Because if you read uh, through James here they were engaging in strife they were asking amiss for things that they lusted for they were being a friend of the world they had envy they had pride and they were hearing the word but not being doers of it they were spreading gossip and uh, and cursing let's look at verse 4 he asks this question from whence come wars and fightings among you Come they not hence of even of your lust that war in your members? You lust, you have not, you kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not, because you ask not. You ask and receive not, because you ask amiss that you may 
consume it upon your lust. You, you adulterers and adulteresses. So uh, these people, these brethren that James was addressing, what he says to some of them were adulterers and adulteresses, not only in the, in the physical aspect, but also probably in the spiritual aspect of compromising their faith with other faiths. But know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do you think that the scripture says in vain the spirit that dwells in us lusts to envy? But he gives more grace. Wherefore he says God resists the uh, proud but gives grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil. That is you know just take a stand against his evil ways. And purify your hearts. Or he will flee from you. But in verse 8. If you have your Bibles. Perhaps. You know just give uh, that number 8 a circle. Because it says. Draw nigh to God. And he will draw nigh to you. So this is something that we can. Uh, take, or take heart in. To believe in. And to apply to our, our life. Through not only prayer. But also through obedience. Verse 9, be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. It's okay to, uh, you know, if you're having joy in things that aren't right, then a person needs to realize that and let that laughter and joy be turned to, to mourning. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Speak not evil one of, uh, one of another, brethren. He that speaks evil of his brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you that judge another? So in times like these, we know that the devil walks about seeking whom he can devour. Take advantage of those who are spiritually distanced from God having bad attitudes giving into trials not being doers of the word so we have uh, we're told to be patient enduring unto the end Christ is in us and he has a vested interested interest in all of us and he will not forsake us but let patience have her perfect work James 1 2 through 8 my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Usually when some trouble befalls us, uh, we may suddenly turn negative. Of course, this does not mean we jump up and down and, and laugh some uh, trial or thing off. We act accordingly. It's only natural to feel uh, stricken and our countenance uh, take a momentary fall. But then we start thinking out of that box with a positive attitude saying... All, we, all will be well and be still my soul. We have songs and hymns and places in the Bible where you know, we see these positives, the, these positive sayings that we can uh, put into our heart and speak of. And we know that every trial takes time to be over and we accept, come what may, knowing this, verse 3, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. 
but let patience have her perfect work and uh, that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing but if any of you like lack wisdom let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraids not and it shall be given him so when we ask for understanding and when we ask uh, God for wisdom he gives to all men freely liberally and he, he doesn't upbraid He does, he does it without reprimand. But let him ask in faith. Let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like the wave of the sea. Driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double minded man is unstable in all his ways. So make up your mind to follow Christ. Make up your mind to trust in his word. And do those things that you know are pleasing in his sight. So in times like these. Draw, ne- draw nigh to God. And whatever our desire is. We ask the Lord in prayer. But, but blessed is a man. Blessed is a man who endures temptation. Who endures a trial. Who endures a trouble. And fights the good fight. And doesn't give up. James chapter 5, beginning verse 7. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Be patient from now until then. Behold, the husbandman waits for the precious fruit of the earth and has long patience for for it until he received the early and latter rain. So with patience our Lord our Savior is waiting on fruit. He's waiting on us to produce good fruit. Verse 8. Be you also patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draws nigh. Grudge not one against another brethren. Lest you be consumed. Behold the judge stands before the door. Take my brethren the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord. For an example of suffering affliction and of patience behold we count them happy which endure you've heard of the patience of Job you've seen the end of the Lord that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy above all things my brethren swear not neither by heaven neither by the earth neither by any other oath but let your yea be yea and your nay be nay Lest you fall into condemnation. Speak the truth. There's no need to answer an oath. If we uh, are believers in the Lord. And judged by the Lord. You know that's motive enough. To make us want to tell the truth. Without swearing an oath. There was a. uh, One of make this uh, read this quote by this uh, Karakawa chief name was Cochise he said you must speak straight so that your words may go as sunlight into our hearts we heard earlier where Jesus spoke plainly to his disciples so that they would understand just what Jesus 
what the plan of salvation was in the gospel of the kingdom. He spoke plainly to his disciples. He spoke the truth. Thy word is truth, it says. But we can't blame the Lord for our, uh, being tempted. Can't curse the situation. Neither fly off the handle when things uh, don't go our way. Verse 13, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Kind of hard to do if you're really sick. But you can understand that Jesus said, I will never leave or forsake you. So life has many ups and downs. And we have to act appropriately and with a good attitude. And try not to let it get us down with, you know, over worry and, and doubt. Just have to you know, raise up the shield of faith. Winston Churchill, he said, uh, never, never, never give up. Especially our faith. When we talk about our faith. Never, never, never let temptation or trial uh, make, it, make us let it go. I want to drop down to uh, just Ephesians chapter 12. Ephesians chapter 12. Verse 11 it says. No chastening for the present. Seems to be joyous. But grievous. Nevertheless afterward. It yields a peaceable fruit of righteousness. Unto them which are exercised thereby. Wherefore lift up the hands. Which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet. Lest that which is lame be turned out of the way. But let it rather be healed. James chapter 1. Uh, verse 14. Every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. And enticed. Then when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. So do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good and perfect gift, every good gift is from above. Comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will, beget he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man works not the righteousness of God. So draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. You can isolate from the world and its sins, but we don't need to be spiritually isolated or distanced from, from God. So we, though we practice social distancing, we need to practice uh, being close and drawing near to God. So stay connected or get connected. Pray and just just be linked to God through his word also. The Lord is our rock. He is our shelter. With Passover coming up again, uh, there's more reason to examine ourselves to whether, whether you be in the faith. 1 Corinthians 13, 5. To prove your own selves, to know your own selves. How that Jesus Christ is in you. Except you be reprobate. So James chapter 4 eight, Draw nigh to God. And he will draw nigh to you. And cleanse your hearts you sinners. And purify your hearts you double minded. 
you know, wash your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, our thinking, our attitudes, our way of life before the eternal. Keep faith steady because it's a matter of life and death just as doing physical things to ward off this, this virus. But we need protection. We need the protection of, of the Lord's mercy, his grace, of having faith in him, of being patient and of doing his will and be constant in prayer. Chapter 14 of the book of Revelation. It says. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God. And faith of Jesus. So these are those who are obedient unto death. Who are trusting in the will. His will. And whenever in the future things might get worse or gets worse. Keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And all of that. I want to close in chapter. Four of uh, Philippians. Therefore my brethren. Dearly beloved. And long for. My joy and crown. So stand fast in the Lord. My dearly beloved. And he beseeched these uh, particular people there. Euodius. Syntyche. That they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also true yoke fellow. Hope, help those women. Which labored with me in the gospel. With Clement also. And with other my fellow laborers. Whose names are in the book of life. So they have their names in the book of life. Just as we have our names in the book of life. There's no doubt. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known, be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So, this peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. After prayers, sometimes we, uh, as we go along, praying after praying very hard for something that we desire, maybe for comfort, maybe for help, maybe for strength, Maybe to overcome some trial. As we go along we begin to realize all of a sudden. You feel peaceful. You feel at rest. You feel comforted. And that's the peace of God. And we don't understand it. But it says that uh, it is he that passes on that understanding. So hang in there everyone. Draw nigh to God. And he will draw nigh to you. So. To close the service, just join in prayer.